Hey everyone, welcome to episode 107 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And this week it gets even weirder. <laughs> it gets even weirder. We really need to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> we probably do. because it's, it's Randy and Company. That's <laughs> Randy and Company. Randy and whoever shows up. This week said people are Greg, as usual, and Connor. I don't know your last name, Connor. Yonkers. Yonkers. Yes. Connor Yonkers, who is what now? At I Florida am the new pastor, the pastoral intern at Florida Hospital Church. And for how long? Uh, until sometime in August. Until sometime in August. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome aboard. Thank you. Well, it always feels good to find the norm. And this week, I kind of thought things were going to be back to normal, <laughs> at least as much as it's ever going to be on the podcast. That was my intro. Obviously, that did not work. Uh, and all the usual suspects are not back. And we, But we are taping here at Jeff's the church. Not, I'm pretty sure Jeff's back from sabbatical. In yeah. fact, I'd like to invite everyone <laughs> to call Jeff right now. <laughs> You're so Tammy's going to email me. So next week, we can start off the show with another apology another to Tammy. Another apology to Tammy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Jeff is still on sabbatical, everyone. He still is. But another, it's winding down. I'm kind of sad. It's about another month. But I'm kind of I'm kind of sad. I, I miss Jeff. I'm just like, I don't see him around. He's I know. He's the podcast. So anyway, as we always do, we're going to take a quick review from last week, which if you have not listened to the podcast or the message, I would highly encourage you to absolutely not miss at least last week's message by Zed Stefanovic on Abraham's Many Children. Basically, in the podcast, we decided that should worship be something that divides us or keeps us together? If truly salvation is God's greatest gift, then we come to the question, who owns God? In the Gospels, Jesus said, many will come from east and west and sit at the table with Abraham and the patriarchs in God's kingdom. So if you've missed that episode or any of the other past messages or episodes of the podcast, you can find everything you need in the episode notes. If you're on iTunes, swipe up and there are links to everything right there or go to hospitalchurch.org slash podcast and all the episodes are there for your review. And of course, in the Florida Hospital Church mobile app, everything is available, both podcast, messages, everything, hospitalchurch.org slash F-H-C-A-P-P. On to this week. Open our eyes. This is part of a new visioning for 2020, correct? Vision. Who vision. needs vision? Who needs vision? I'm just kidding. I, well, you, I was just going to say, you look beautiful today, by oh, the way. Thank you. You just look very good. You got the, you're all buttoned up. Yeah. Looking good. And yeah. Connor, he's, you guys like almost got the, me- you know, the memo, you both got the, yeah. khaki- well, we all got the khakis going. Oh, yeah. Buttoned down. So we, we did well. Just in case anyone was wondering. What we're wearing. Yeah, well, I mean... Button-downs and khakis. Button-downs and khakis. That's kind of the dress of the day, I guess. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure that we all feel like we have a pretty good definition of the word sight. And yet the dictionary breakdown offered some definitions that I guess I hadn't immediately thought of or drew correlations to. And when you really stop to think about the possibilities for us to use the power of these gifts of sight and then apply them to spread the gospel and change the world... It really should create excitement in ourselves and in the church, and I particularly like the definition of unusual discernment or foresight, and another one was a thought, concept, or object formed by the imagination. So if we look past the words of these definitions themselves and really think about these possibilities and putting these ideas into action for love and social justice, it should call each of us to action, right? would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Does it? Does it for does me? It, for you personally, does it? Oh yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know how how far we want to deviate from this, but I mean, just part of just speaking in the local context here of Florida Hospital Church. Part of the reason that that we moved here, you know, when we were interviewing for this job, my wife and I, was because of the vision that I saw. Was because you know the mission of loving people into lifelong friendship with God. Yeah. Was very clear in people that we talked to, both staff 
and other members as well. The mission was clear, and the vision, we had a different vision at that time, but the vision that people knew, it wasn't like, Oh, yeah, I think I remember we did that some time ago, you know. (laughs) It's somewhere. I think we got it in some paper somewhere. People actually knew what it was. And uh, it was was Vision 752. I mean, we haven't had that vision for, I don't know, four or five years. And and even I, you know, remember it. That's inspiring. I mean, that that was a part of our decision of of basically uprooting our lives and and moving somewhere that we had no... Desire no, no to connection. move. <laughs> well, even for us, I mean, we've been here, in, you know, 17 years in the in the Orlando area and for 13 of it at a different church. And that was one of the things that we were missing was we just felt like, well, yeah, we're Adventists. So we go to church on Sabbath and but like, what's our mission? Our church didn't wasn't really known for anything more than that. Hmm. And when we heard people from Florida Hospital Church saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're the you know this whole church without walls," and I'm like, "Church without what? <laughs> well, what what does this all mean?" You know, you guys are in a construction project. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. I didn't hear about a building project downtown. <laughs> I drove by a couple of weeks ago. Didn't see anything going on down there. <laughs> but then to actually find out, like you said, people actually knew what it was and could articulate it. And then when you get there, you're like, yeah, but you know, they, maybe they've been there a long time. They probably get it. People like they know people. So they kind of feel like they're part of the family. But then when you first come, you're like, wow, I feel like I'm part of this. I I can resonate with this. It's spoken from the front a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what the, the talk is there, but the walk is there, you know, do something Sabbath and, you know, all this encouragement of being social justice and reaching out to our community. So in your instance, did any of this or did you know about any of this before you came here as an intern? For me, no, actually, that that was all new when I got here. I had I didn't really know what to expect. I just I knew Andy through somebody else. They're actually through his son. I work for his son at Southern Adventist University. And oh, that's, gotcha. that was my connection. But when I came here, I wasn't sure what to expect. I just knew that I wanted to be in the Florida area and and something just caught my eye when I came to visit this church. And so as I've been learning the past I guess only I've only been here for about a week, a little over a week, just learning everything and how everybody works together in this church is so unique compared to other churches. I've never seen a church have a vision, a mission statement, a purpose, all of that, all that stuff. And they have that all combined and the the church backs it up. Everybody follows that purpose, that mission and and that vision. It's, it's just so unique to me. And so that's been a really cool aspect to see that the Florida Hospital Church has that and not other churches have it. Were you just looking for internships or was this the only place you visited? I was actually actively looking for a church to intern at, actually. And when I came to visit here, I had it was just out of the whim. I was just coming to visit because some of my friends were here down in Florida with me for spring break. And they're like, hey, let's go to Florida Hospital Church. And I'm like, okay, why not? And I came here and <laughs> and I instantly knew like this is the church I want to intern at. I just noticed that was different than the other churches I had been to and had sought out for an internship. Well, excellent. So, I was just curious because yeah. you always wonder if people find the same things. And I, I feel like from people that I talk to that know that I go to church here now versus where I was going to church and other people that have been to different churches locally, it seems like a lot of people know that we have this church without walls thing. I don't know if everyone knows exactly what it is. And then a lot of times you get comments about, man, I wish our church was more vocal about what we do. Not that I don't enjoy my church. You know, our pastor's great. We have good ministries. I feel like I'm family. There are all those things. But I feel like if you're missing that part of it, it just becomes the consumerism that Andy warned against at the end of the message. 
But the story of Second Kings and Andy just walked in. Hallelujah! Welcome, Hallelujah. Andy. Welcome. Have Andy. a seat. I'm slow. I'm slow. <laughs> no, no. Come on in. And okay. Tom, we're going to grab that other mic. And so I don't have any headphones. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. If you get, uh, can I hear you? Testing one, two. Okay, you're in. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you got here at just the right time. <laughs> He's going to ask me. So, Greg, how did it feel to deliver that message? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the easiest message I ever preached. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, you outlined the story of Second Kings chapter six, which is about as good as any Hollywood script written. Yeah. You've got. I mean, you've got war games. You got espionage. You got maybe the best bait and switch ever, and. <laughs> In that, we often hear criticism about the God of the Old Testament and his bloody nature and protection and defense of Israel. And yet here through Elisha, he chooses not only a peaceful conclusion, but he hosts the opposing army to a feast and then sends them home peacefully, no bloodshed. Was this story more an accurate picture of God's true nature? Sure. And what it's he's a, trying to tell us? It's also a model for all the nations of the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they got the message. No, either. I don't think so either. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it definitely depicts who God is much more honestly. Yeah, God who wants to do good things. Yeah. But, I mean, I doubt we know anything, and you're the Bible scholar, so I'll just ask you anyway. Do we have any idea of what the lasting effects from that decision was on the— Well, <laughs> the next chapter, the Arameans come after him again. <laughs> was it? Because yeah. at the end of the chapter, yeah. it says they never— They, they quit They quit marauding, raid, raiding, basically. Yeah. 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 It's not over till it's over. <laughs> yeah. And it just seems to me like there was, at least at the end of that chapter, they're kind of thinking, maybe we got better treatment than we deserved, a la Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. you know? How do we know when we're seeing clearly through God's vision? Because obviously Elisha's servant, who was with him on a regular basis, mm. would seemingly have been fairly well connected and in tune with God. He, he obviously did not see this clearly. How do we know when it's just something that maybe it's one of our whims that we're succumbing to or we're just going like, yeah, I've been praying about it a lot and – it feels right, so maybe this is. Uh... I'm always right, right? Isn't that that's your answer, right? Andy? Until, until you're wrong, you're right. <laughs> I think that's a question that is very apropos for someone who's in in school now, studying you know, a scholar that would like be just getting ready for his senior year in college could probably handle that question best. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot like that. Deflection. <laughs> what did I just do? You turn off the lights. Whoa. This is uh, going to be so, fun to edit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's editing? <laughs> so I think the first, the first, and you, I've said this before in the podcast. The, sure. the first thing to I think for clarity of vision is to check what we believe to be our vision with Scripture, and is there alignment with what the rest of God's Word says? So you get this impression, this vision you're supposed to go do or accomplish or be, and then. Does that have any matchup with what the rest of Scripture says about how we're supposed to be? And of course, if there's a discontinuity there, you then you it's just abandoned. It's not it's not God's vision for Keep you. Moving on, yeah, okay. Well, and then the other part I, I thought about was: Do we really understand how much power that we leave on the table when we don't ask God to open our eyes? If we're not truly asking for what is Your will, what do You have for me, what do You want me to do? I'm stuck between A and B, and I'm not sure what to do. And if we're not asking those questions and we're just going like, well, I don't know, I feel like I'm a pretty good person. I got common sense. I think I can make this decision. Do we really understand what we, what who we aren't going to affect or what power that we're leaving if we don't do that? Well, John and I were talking after staff this morning about how people don't see things that are right there in front of them because they don't want to see them. 
we see it oftentimes in crisis of a, of a cancer diagnosis. person gets diagnosed with cancer and literally, I forget what the percentage is, the high percentage that within a few hours have no recollection of having that diagnosis. Mm. Um, and they have to be re-explained what's going on to them. I've had people go through crisis of some kind of like that where they, why didn't anybody visit me? Why didn't anybody come see me? And like, well, this person came and this person came and this person, you know, but they, the crisis bl- blinds them to the thing. So I think it's a very important to, for us to, to sort of stop uh, our mad rush occasionally and ask for clarity of vision and open our eyes kind of to what, what's the reality. Okay. Anybody have any story or any, just even something small, it doesn't have to be anything big, like God answered a huge prayer, or, you know, parted the Red Sea for you, but just anything small where it was like, I definitely know that I needed help in this area. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I prayed about it and I maybe asked for wisdom from somebody else that I trusted. And definitely God opened my eyes to something completely different as a result of that prayer or that seeking. Just about every sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think for me, one of the one of the most recent examples, and I shared a little bit in my message that I preached a while back, was in asking for feedback from from the team that I work with here at the church. And I was just kind of anticipating like, oh, you know, like reply to my emails faster or something like that. And it wasn't that. It was something completely different. And I mean, it's really been this this now months-long journey of trying to understand who I am a little bit better, particularly, you know, as a child of God and and just reevaluating a lot of things. And I think I was praying to be a better leader in a professional capacity, right? Sure. And really what some of the feedback that I got was really more in a personal capacity. And so it's like my prayer, while I, I maybe wanted to be a better leader, <laughs> the feedback that I got was on a... So it was like I was praying for the wrong thing, if you will, uh, <laughs> and or at least thinking the problem was somewhere other than maybe where it was. And so that's something that, wow, even though I was seeking, I was praying, I was trying to be better, you know, it was something that I was not expecting at all. Yeah. I like that, though. Catch off guard. It's nice, though, when you can look back on it and realize that even though I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't exactly on the right path, but the fact that I was trying to take the time and I was searching, God brought it through somebody else. I didn't really have to find out anything. They, he brought it through the people you were asking the questions of. He prepared them essentially to answer your question and to show you what you needed to do. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. All right. So let's say we capitulate to this idea of vision. We seek for things in our lives that God opens our hearts to in this process. We don't know how to launch it. We don't know how to implement it. We don't know how to go do can we call the church office and say, Andy, I think God wants me yeah, to do this. Exactly. That call happens. Andy. Happens a lot. And I ha- <laughs> you don't know what to do, call Andy. And I have no idea where to start. Or maybe it's the uh, you know, it's the push of Moses who knew exactly what God wanted him to do with the burning bush but needed help, needed a partner. Is there anything well, in I- place here to help us facilitate if someone was just like, I love it, Andy. I agree with everything you said this week, which happens all the time. Yeah. Is there anything that we can do? Is there any resources we can give? To – Live out vision. To live out vision. Or Andy made comments in his message about it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't no. have to be we're going to go out and invent the next best thing <laughs> that's going to change the world for the better and wipe out poverty. Maybe it's as simple as doing small things like right. you know taking care of your neighbor's dog while they're on vacation mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. I think one of the things that when people have a, a vision of any kind, our personalities all play into it. Some rushing where angels fear to tread, <laughs> others <laughs> others get locked in the paralysis of analysis and want to know sure. all the all the the future before it even happens. And so, but I think one of the things that 
I still go back to as my old Humphrey Fisher story, and that is, you know, you, you pray to God, I want to do your will. You've given me this vision, and then get up and do what you want to do in that direction, and then trust that God will continue to guide and move you, you know, make the turns. And if he can give you the vision, he can certainly guide you on you. the journey to its accomplishment. Okay. And Abraham, for me, mm. Abram, actually, at the time, is another great example. You know, God took him up into this this plane and said, hey, this is all yours, go. But he didn't tell him what direction to go. Yeah. You know, he just told That's him to true. go. And so there's this, like, piece of it, and, you know, like, when I'm talking with people, counseling them, and they've got, like, these two decisions, and they don't know which one to do, and there's a pros and cons list that's equal on both sides— I just say, look, you know, God gave you a brain and he, and he gave it to you to use, you know, and that sometimes we have to make a decision. Abraham, truly, Abram could have gone any direction that he wanted and, and God would have blessed him. He, he told him, you know, that he would have blessed him. And there's going to be challenges that are inherent in any direction that he goes, right? If sure. he goes somewhere that's, that's, you know, got more water, but maybe less pasture, like you got to figure that out. But ultimately, like God's kind of giving you a brain. And so maybe it's, you know, maybe it's finding those people that you need to seek out counsel from, uh, or maybe it's, it's you know, sitting down to do research. Maybe it's, you know, sitting down to figure out, you know, some of these pieces, but kind of like what Andy was yeah. saying, kind of going in that direction that you want to go. It's much easier to steer a moving boat than one sitting in port. Right. <laughs> and don't be afraid also. I mean, this week we were picking up Ellie from camp at Kalakwin when we saw, of course, there was plenty of FHC church members there who were picking up. <laughs> no, and, a bus. Uh, and or dropping off kids. Yeah, maybe in a bus. That's a good idea for next year. I'll chip in a little on that one. But came up to me in this in the camp store and was like, hey, what about what about starting a men's group, you know, and just like a breakfast, just a couple of guys getting together in the morning, maybe once a quarter or a little more often if everyone wants to. Been thinking about it for a while and just, you know, you you showed up and now here we're discussing this and we're going to do it at some point here. We're just going to cool. get back to town. So maybe it's just a matter of telling someone else your idea and maybe getting a little feedback and maybe seeing if you can <laughs> grab a partner. Is this dumb or not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty – okay, all right. Well, let's, let's do that then. I was pretty sure it was a good idea. One of our principles at the hospital church is if you have an idea you want to try, we, we rarely – I have a hard time finding where we say no. Right, right. But one of our principles is don't do it alone. You have to get a partner. And get so that may be the first step is finding somebody to do it with you and be able to set the vision and course and y'all go start this, start this together as a partnership. So at the worst case, maybe if you're here on Sabbath and you just don't know who might share your interest, ask one of the staff. They know everyone pretty well. Just and, charge and the platform and grab a microphone. Right, no, that's no, it. Say, no, hey. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, we don't want to. Is that not oh, what we And then we're going to apologize to okay, Tammy for I'm a third Okay, I'm just kidding. Week. Then call Jeff. <laughs> then call Jeff. <laughs> oh, man. And when you're not here to defend yourself, it just gets ugly from there. <laughs> anyway, we're past out of time. But this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, what do you see in the future for a church that is a about being without walls and serving the community. And I'm telling you, this is scary stuff. There's pastors that, you know, no longer are employed because of things like this, that, you know, when you start talking about social justice and being involved in your community and, you know, that, that freaks out a lot of people that surprisingly it shouldn't, but it does. So what does that mean? What does a church like that look like? Whatever it's going to look like, it'll be different than what has been. That's true. We have to recognize we're in a whole new whole new thing and we haven't we don't know what it's like yet yeah. but we got we got to keep plowing ahead all right excellent what do you think it looks like we'll put you on the spot one more time um you know i'm i'm still learning and seeing how this church <laughs> works but i don't know like I, i'm interested to see what it's going to be look like too so i don't really have an answer yet i'm i'm He's like, I'm interested to see what it looks like. Uh, I'm looking for a job here in about a year. Maybe you guys could, uh, someone, someone hook me up. You got any, any positions open? Uh, if you're out there somewhere in, 
internet land. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. Well, if you have any input on that, you can always leave us a voicemail, send a text, email podcast at hospitalchurch.org, everything inside the FHC mobile app. Final thoughts came from this week's message. And he said, how about us? Do we want consumer church? Do we want to just come and do church? Do we want to limit ourselves to church as a one-hour service once a week? Or are we ready to commit to a 24-7 Christian walk behind these walls where we are fully engaged in serving the people of our community? If we do that, if we make that kind of commitment, if we open our eyes and then let God reveal his abundance, we might just change the world. And it really comes down to what is the condition of our hearts and the question of what do we really want and is changing the world what we really want to see? And I think from what we talked about earlier, I think that the overall thinking of at least this group is that this church is really wanting to see that for the most (laughs) Mm. part. We all said earlier that we felt like you know, you can feel that when you come here. And so I think that's, uh, that's it means that we're at least trying and we're on the, we're at, we're, we've moved the ship from port. Come on, God. No, you just got to, you got to steer us. Guidance. So upcoming this week is part two of this series called Love People. Love, love People. Love People. All right. Pretty um, straightforward. We're, so are we, are we taking email? See how many emails about, we're talking about love again? Is, yeah, that, is that bad? Because yeah, yeah, we will. talk about love too often here, I think. But <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it this week. Thank you, Connor, right? Yeah, Connor. <laughs> See? I you're, remember. You're, genius. you're, you're remembering I it. it. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks as always to Andy and Greg and Tom. And do join us next, next Wednesday for episode 108. Thanks for listening and have a great week.